0: Is Trayvon Walker going under the radar after being the number one overall pick? Thoughts on other top rookies plus the New York Jets. What are they going to do? Is it really going to be Flacco time in Green Bay? Did they find some diamonds in the rough at wide receiver? You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. What up, NFL fans, and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. He is Tony Wiggins. I'm James Zerpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcast leave us a review so more NFL fans find us because we are daily and we are absolutely jam-packed today. Let's start with Tony Wiggins' Jacksonville Jaguars. Because, look, Aiden Hutchinson getting a lot of love after what he did last week and rightfully so in his NFL debut. A lot of these rookies getting love, but a guy in your neck of the woods, in Jacksonville, people forget that Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick and he seems to be going under the radar a bit, Tony.
1: He's going under the radar, but he is not playing under the radar, James. It it you know it, it makes me wonder if some of the pre-draft scouting is really what it is on social media. Because <laughs> if you can't follow 32 teams in preseason and get the correct information, I don't know how you follow over 300 teams and get the correct information about players. And there's a lot of people on social media saying he's the most untalked about first round pick ever. Well, you know what? All you got to do is talk about him. And that goes away. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to talk about him because you don't believe he should have been the number one overall and you don't believe uh, that uh, he, he was not a reach, then nobody's going to be able to change your mind. But that leads me to, to know that social media scouting isn't real. Because I'm here on the ground, and I'm telling you, he has been flat-out dominant in both games as well as in practice. And I'm not just saying that because I cover the team. People that have come through here from the NFL network, guys who have been scouts in other teams, former players, they have said the same thing that I'm telling you right now when they see him in in person, even in last night's scrimmage. Dominant. I was standing next to a former defensive uh, coordinator and former head coach Dave Campo. Campo can't believe how good he is. So if the message is somehow out there that he's not being talked about, that that could be very true. Maybe y'all need to talk about him because he's been talked about around here. So if folks don't want to talk about him or these things because he's inherently bad because he's in Jacksonville, that's another thing coming. And we can get to that too because all I'm going to tell you to do is invite you to Jacksonville and tell you to come down here and say that because most people won't. But my thing is, is, it's unreal that he's been playing that way. And there are people still hanging on to their 10 toes in and cement back to their opinions back in March. And they're saying, no, he's a bust. And they're, they're absolutely out of their mind.
0: Yeah. One, it's too soon anyways. Right, Jamar Chase last year was dropping a bunch of passes and uh, ended up having the best rookie season of all time from a wide receiver that we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was dominant. And so that's the part of it. But I think what I want to see from rookies in general, do you see the flashes? Clearly you do with Trayvon Logan. That's all I need to see in preseason. I don't need to see 80 snaps, you know, from a top pick or, you know, any first round or any of these 32 first rounds. I don't need to see that. I want to see flashes in practice and in games. They're working through adjusting to life in the NFL. They're working through the speed, all of those things. Uh, the playbook is usually something that takes them a little time to digest just because it's a lot of new terms. It's a lot. It's more, it's thicker. There's a lot to it. So, the fact that he's flashing, I'm excited to see him. You got me excited to, to watch the Jaguars. Because here's the thing. If you can have a dominant edge rusher and you get the quarterback, right, and obviously Jacksonville is an example of that in their minds, that they have both of those things, right, then you should be fun to watch. And so going to a team like the Lions, right, Aiden Hutchinson, who was dominant, right, is really exciting to watch. I, I like Penny Sewell last year. I like that they went and got Jamison Williams, even though we're not going to see him. Uh, right at the jump at the start of the season makes a lot of sense, but you go to the quarterback and it's like, okay, well there's a ceiling to what the Detroit lions can be this year. I do think they're going to be better. I actually think, I think they will be pretty competitive in that NFC North, right? I like how they're constructed, but there is a ceiling to how good you can be in my eyes when Jared Goff is your quarterback. Now with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, with those physical gifts, I, I think that he raises everybody's floor. And so that's what makes the, the Jags interesting, especially if on the other side they have this dominant edge rusher. And, and that's the thing with Walker. Is he just an edge rusher? Are they going to move him around, you think? Uh, no. How, do you, how, are they, how are they using him?
1: No. In the in nickel, he, he puts his hand on the ground because they go to a four-man front. But he's standing up. He's going right side, left side. He's setting the edge. He's getting after the quarterback. He's using power to do it. He's also setting guys up. He's drawing holding penalties. He had a knockdown on Jared Stidham in the Hall of Fame game and they called it they called it a uh rough in the passer, but it wasn't. And then he got a sack, and the narrative was that, well, Jared Stidham ran into the sack. Yeah, he ran into the sack because he totally used a one arm stiff long arm move to to collapse the 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 left tackle. Mm-hmm. And then he did the old Alabama where you extend your arms and you look, see, and he saw where the quarterback was going and he sacked him. You know. I I walked into the arena the other night to go to the game, and there's a police officer sitting there, and he looked up. He says, watch this. Watch this play. And Aiden Hutchinson had just had, like, a tackle for a four-yard loss. And the guy goes, Hall of Famer. They should have picked him, right? And I started laughing, and I'm thinking, like, Trevon got a sack last week, and they said the quarterback ran into the sack. Hutchinson gets a tackle for loss, and they're saying he's going to the Hall of Fame. So it still just goes back to who you liked early, Who you wanted them to pick. Because when we talked about tackle for losses with Trevon when he was being scouted, they said that's not what you take a number one pick for. You take it for sacks. So here we are, first week, first, second week of preseason. Mm -hmm. You're sending a guy to Hall of Fame for a four yard tackle for loss, and then you're telling me the other guy got a sack by luck. It's just, it's just you can't win for losing. I just want people to know that uh, scouting on social media. It's different from scouting on the field in person and listening to people and watching the coaches. They are ecstatic with him. And if they had the chance to redraft today, they would run to the podium and take him again, number one. So
0: No No, honestly, I I think uh one, I'm gonna trust you, you're there. Two, it is funny how we have these instant reactions preseason. It's amazing. Right. Um once upon a time, I saw Chad Johnson catch a touchdown from Tom Brady in the preseason. It was a red zone touchdown. That was one of the two touchdowns he caught as a Patriot and only one in the regular season. There's right. only so much you can take away, and there are takeaways, but especially with rookies, man, we, we like to – and I, I think I'm going to be guilty of this next segment when we start to talk about the Packers because I didn't like what the Packers did this offseason. Mm-hmm. And yet you mentioned something, so we'll do a Packers – Stock watch because they look a little different this year, even though Aaron Rodgers is still there on offense and defense structured differently than they've been in recent years. So we'll talk about the Packers next. But first, NFL season right around the corner. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why you need to get the Elias Game Plan app. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. Elias Sports. BO. Bureau, The official statisticians of U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. The app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, Elias insights from the Sports Bureau's research team, and so much more. Take my advice. Download the Elias Game Plan app today with new features available all the time. Take your game to the next level. Everyone listening and watching plays fantasy. A lot of you are betting. Get the Elias Game Plan app today. NFL season right around the corner, so do not wait. Find Elias Game Plan in the App Store or Play Store today.
1: And we thank you for joining us here again on Locked On NFL and making us your first listen, reminding you that we are free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, with your team every day. James, a lot of talk was about Green Bay not getting Aaron Rodgers' weapons after he lost Devontae Adams. Green Bay not using draft capital on wide receivers, even though they did take Christian Watson. And Now we found out they found somebody maybe in the fourth round and then even the free agency. The one reason I did not doubt the Falcons, I mean, I'm sorry, the Packers for being able to find wide receivers, even though on the surface it kind of looked weird that they, didn't, they weren't really going hard after them. It's because, to me, they have been with wide receivers for for the most part of the last 30 years. They have been uh, the way with wide receivers that Kyle and Mike Shanahan are with tailbacks. And, and that doesn't mean that, oh, you can just go get anybody and they can be the wide receiver on this team, or you can go get anybody to play tailback for Kyle Shanahan. What I mean is they do a very good job of identifying the kind of player that they want at that position. That player may not play well somewhere else. You know, Raheem Mostert and and Breida and all of those guys, and even that kid that got out there now in San Francisco might not be good somewhere else. But the 49ers do a good job of identifying guys that are good for them. Mm -hmm. Baltimore is kind of that way with tight ends. Don't you get that feeling? And and those tweener edge rushers. If you're 6'3", 275 pounds, and you don't have a position – Baltimore will figure it out, and you'll be an edge rusher in their rotation, right? I think Mm -hmm. Green Bay has always done that same thing with wide receivers, and I also believe Pittsburgh has sort of done that with wide receivers. So that's the reason why I was hesitant to doubt Green Bay. But now it looks like even without uh, the kid that they picked in the second round, the Watson kid, they have found Hobbs in the fourth round, and now the Ture kid, uh, who was a seventh-round pick, he looks like he's running routes all over the place, and it looks like, mm-hmm. at least from the preseason, it looks like, hey, Green Bay might have something here.
0: Yeah. Um, look, Romeo Dobbs had a touchdown in their preseason game with Jordan Love at quarterback. Flash, just flashed, has flashed throughout training camp. And then the, the Samore Toure kid out of Nebraska, he's someone I know the Bengals were interested in. Uh, during the, the pre-draft process, met with multiple times. I think they were hoping to sign him as an undrafted free agent. The Packers take him in round seven. And so we'll see. Here's my question. And it it really matters, especially as the quarterbacks get older.
1: Mm.
0: right? Quarterbacks get older. Tom Brady's gone through this some, and it's probably one of the – I don't even want to say Knox, but it's just how it is. Um, the, the good news is there's a difference in our age. You deal with me, and, and so that's good. So you would be a good quarterback. You know who – uh, struggles to deal with, you, you know, younger guys and, and younger receivers and get in sync with them. Well, Brady has, and in the past, Rodgers has. It's not like they've, you know, completely ignored the wide receiver position. And yet, Randall Cobb is still there, right? I, I mean, Jordy Nelson, if he was still playing, who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers say, "Go get him," right? So that's what I'm interested in. Romeo Dobbs, can he completely earn the trust, the full trust of Aaron Rodgers? Because if so, well, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make plays. That's what he is. He's a back-to-back MVP. He's one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. And as weird and unique as he is, and weird as he's gotten, I think, in recent years. And I think Mm -hmm. he's gotten weirder as he approaches the age of 40. There's no reason to think that he isn't capable of putting up big numbers, of carrying this offense. But i think what the Packers said is Devonte adams doesn't want to be here right we tried to pay him let's instead of coming up short in the postseason and we've talked about this right you've said it multiple times the defense doesn't have enough sand in their pockets Is how mm-hmm. you said it the packers i think they're going to try to win running game defense and a couple big plays from number 12 when necessary versus big plays from number 12 Aaron Rodgers go save us week in and week out. I think they're all in on this defense. And they look and they say, Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the game. We're going to beef up the interior of this line. We're going to go get another edge rusher this offseason. We're going to go do all of these things and watch us work. And I'm curious to see how it pans out because I do think that that way of thinking can translate to the postseason. Like if they can be a 49ers type team, but then Aaron Rodgers, when he needs to put the cape on, can still go in the phone booth and do so. That could be the blueprint. It could be the blueprint. But
1: It could it could be.
0: It, those receivers obviously need to earn his trust too because that that is going to matter What when uh, the lights come on.
1: So I'll break down and I'll explain the sand in the pocket theory. I, I think a lot of times what happens is Teams that play against Green Bay have a tendency to think we got to score points because they're going to score points. Mm-hmm. And someone sometimes might have the audacity to say, you know what? We're going to body punch them all day. We ain't going to score headshots. We're going to body punch them. And the teams that are able to do that, that trust their own defense, 49ers, Tampa, say, no, we got to hit them in the stomach because they're not used to it. I do think they've added a lot with Quay Walker. And I think Kenny Clark is tremendous. Yep. I think they've added some stuff up in their front seven that's gonna really, really help them. Yep. So it allowed them to play a little bit differently. I have to also remember this with 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 them. They were missing two big time offensive linemen last year down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And it turns out those linemen and their atrocious play in special teams cost them a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, where I thought they would have been they would have been a handful and a nightmare for anybody that they played. They've been in that position to be a nightmare for anybody for the last 18 years probably. The thing is, is we're talking about them because they haven't gotten over the hump. Staying healthy and tightening up those little areas where they need to tighten up is going to be the key. But Aaron Rodgers is also too too good of a quarterback for for you to not give him weapons and think that you can get by without having people that can catch the ball. So if they can do what they've always done and what the Steelers have always done and get the best out of sort of a committee of wide receivers and route runners, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I, I can see the vision. I can. Um, I also think that they might need something from Sammy Watkins. Does he have any juice left? He's young. He's been in the league for a while, but he's young. He, it's not like he's 34, 35. Right. And so, can they get enough there? It's a weapons league. It still is. Right? Like, if, if, if we're looking at let's say the let's go Buccaneers. Let's say it's the Buccaneers and Packers as great as that defense could be in green Bay. They might have the best defense in the league when it's all said and done, as great as that defense can be. How are they going to guard every weapon? If Julio Jones still has something left, right? If Scotty Miller streaking down the field, obviously you got Mike Evans. Obviously you got Chris Godwin. Obviously you add Russell Gage. So there's a lot of weapons there. Kyle Rudolph is a big target in the red zone. Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. Like, Weapons, weapons, weapons. That's how the league has been. And outside of San Francisco, who they still have Debo Samuel. It's not like they don't have weapons. There haven't been many teams that have been able to win without, oh, well, you're not not gonna use this guy. Well, then you're gonna go to this guy. And then you're gonna go to this guy and they have layers of weapons. The Packers don't have that. Even if Dobbs pans out, right? And Christian Watson contributes. And Watkins, Sammy Watkins, uh, is able to contribute some and be healthy that doesn't compare to a lot of these teams. No, it so it doesn't. is, it, it's an interesting game plan and it, it it's, I don't want to completely count it out. And I'm a little higher on the Packers than I was say three months ago, but I still wonder when it comes down to it, will they have enough juice on offense to get it done when it matters most? I think they'll make the playoffs, but will they have the juice to, to make it not just to the NFC title game, but finish the job, which they've come up short in recent seasons.
1: You mentioned Julio. We're going to talk about him and some other wide receivers that can make a contribution who will have the best season. But while you're mentioning Juice, I have to talk about BetOnline.net. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, find all of your favorite sports and events. The number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Now, it might be a big fight coming up here in November, but before you get to that, there's a lot of NFL action and baseball action so That's coming down those pins is going to be decided really soon. So, you might want to go find the reviews and news for every league, including those leagues, and even golf at BetterLine.net. It continues to be the top online resource for all your sports radio information, from live in game betting scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetterLine today, where you use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetterLine is where the game starts.
0: Let's keep things rolling. And Tony, you mentioned it with the the wide receivers is a question. And I mentioned two of them last segment, Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins. I'll throw in another one. AJ Green, three veterans, two guys that have been to, I think, 15 combined Pro Bowls. I, and I'm not including Sammy Watkins. I think he might've been a Pro, Bowl one, Pro Bowler once upon a time, but all Seems top like six draft picks. Um, really talented guys in all in the nfc all expected to contribute in some way watkins in green bay aj green in his second year in arizona julio jones in his first year in tampa bay all with competent high level quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and teams aspiring to be super bowl contenders who do you think out of that trio is going to be most productive this season
1: so i'm going with sammy julio and who else no, I'm, I'm naming him. A.J. Green. A.J. Green. All oh, okay. right. You're naming him. Okay. So I'm going to give you my assessment of all three guys historically, and then we're going to – I'll tell you what I think about it today. I always thought Julio was a good receiver, a very good receiver, and you covered him. But I always thought he did most of his damage between the hash mark and the sideline. I never thought he was like a middle-of-the-field, eat-up guy. So it seems like everything he did, and it was a lot of damage. It was always on the numbers, the sideline and a hash or something like that. It was never really that across-the-middle stuff that you see. A guy like Julio do. Julio ate up the route tree. I think if we were talking about history, I'd take Julio, then AJ, and then Sammy because Sammy had too many uh, foot injuries and and whatnot. Sure. But right now, I might have to go Sammy, AJ, Julio. Whoa. And the reason is because – that's ageist. The, the reason is because we have continued to see Kansas City try to actually replace Sammy Watkins. I don't think he did a whole bunch there, but he did enough there that it seems like last year, even with Tyreek Hill and and, 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 and the tight end, Kelsey, everybody was still saying the Chiefs need a wide receiver. You, you heard them. And I'm like, how many wide receivers do they need? They got two of the best in the league, basically. But – they, you know, he, they know they, that they never replaced the big body of Sammy Watkins, and I don't think Watkins did a whole bunch there, but I do think he has a chance to do some stuff in Green Bay that he hasn't done uh, in other places with a great quarterback, with a bunch of young guys around him. I think A.J. Green sort of had a year last year. It was like he was better than you thought. He, he was better than you remembered him being, but he's still older. He's still him that game at Green Bay when he didn't turn around in the end zone. And – Uh, though he's changed himself around a little bit, I think they want to go downfield more in Arizona. So I I think he's like the number three receiver. Um, And Julio is a guy who will do stuff. I think the things that he will do will be blown up to be bigger than they are, just like everybody else on Tampa, because every week there's going to be a different guy who's going to get featured nine times out of ten. But he also is a guy who can't stay healthy. So it's hard for me to put him third because I think of all three of them, he's the one that's the first ballot Hall of Famer. But I still believe that right now today, that's the order. I'm going in reverse order of how I feel about him as a player.
0: Yeah, I I get that, and I understand it. I don't know if any of these guys are going to be great this year. Uh, I got to see A.J. Green run a couple routes last week. Uh, You know, as a member of the Cardinals, he didn't play in the preseason game, but he was here in Cincinnati for the first time since – Signing with Arizona, and he had eight hundred plus yards last year. wasn't great, wasn't bad. I think he's going to contribute right away, and then when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, that's going to, you know, eat into his snap some. That doesn't mean he can't be productive, uh, but you know, if you got Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, those are your one two. You got Zach Ertz as well,
1: and that there kid they took out of Purdue last year.
0: Yep, yeah, no, yeah, Rondell Moore. So, yeah, right. it, th- there are options. Um, so I, I think Green might get off to a pretty good start and then it, it drop off some. But of the three, I think I'm going to take Julio. I do. And couple things. I think back the, the divisional playoff round, and he didn't do much in the game, but I was covering those Bengals-Titans. And Julio was warming up. And the dude still, like, he still looks like a freak, right? And mm-hmm. eye test matters still. It's not like it, it, it. he was the washed up looking Akeem Olajuwon with the Toronto Raptors. You know, it, it did not feel that way to me. And I'm like, man, you know, that that's going to be tough to cover him. Now Ryan Tannehill struggled. There's no more Ryan Tannehill that he's got to worry about. He's right. He's got a guy named oh, Tom Brady throwing him passes. So I think that part matters. Um, so I'm going to go Julio. AJ and then Sammy Watkins, which is the the literal order that you have it in historically. And I think that is the correct order. And I'm close to saying AJ because I do think much like I said, with young receivers, I think Tom Brady sometimes takes, it takes time for him to trust guys like Julio Jones, but hell Tampa Bay gave him like 6 million guaranteed. I think it was, Mm -hmm. they clearly think he can play money matters when you watch those contracts and look, those contracts, That matters. How much did they get? Oh, six million? Clearly Tampa thinks they could use them.
1: And they think they're going to use them with that kind of money.
0: No doubt about it. And so to me, I think it's going to be Julio, then A.J. Green, then Sammy Watkins in that order. Could all three end up contributing? Maybe. But uh, I I think two of the three certainly will at times and various points throughout the year. I hope this, though, when we talk about – I hope all three stay healthy. Because all three have had injury issues – All three have dealt with it. A.J. Green and Julio, more so in recent years, Sammy Watkins throughout his entire career. Give me help to all three, and let's see if they can help their teams become contenders in the NFC.
1: No doubt. I won't argue with you. There's no need to, because we're going to see it all play out, and you're going to see it all play out here on Locked on NFL every single day. Also, something else is playing out is these fantasy football drafts. Y'all better check out Locked on NFL with Vinny Iyer because he's going to give you all the information that you need in order to successfully compete in your snake drafts, your dynasty drafts, or your PPR or non-PPR leagues. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft and Locked On NFL Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcast. James and I will be back next Wednesday, but the guys will be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On NFL. So until then, you guys do what you always do. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.